Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today are Marie-José and Jeroen Baartmans, founders of zero-emission transport company Breitner. On this episode, we talk about the future of trucking, battery-powered versus hydrogen-powered trucks, and the new Tesla Semi. Please enjoy my conversation with Marie-José and Jeroen Baartmans. Marie-José, Jeroen, welcome to the show. Uh, My first question is, does logistics matter? Yes, it does. It very much does. I think... um, and people do not always realize it, but um, the whole world resolves about logistics in the end. Everything we do is connected to it and uh, every step you take, uh, yeah, logistics is involved. So very much so. And you must agree, Jeroen. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think it even matters more uh, when you see developments in the world population uh, going into the cities. Um, logistics becomes more important uh, and uh, efficient logistics to make sure that we are all able to enjoy a good environment to to live and work and recreate in and then you don't want to have uh, logistics uh, bothering you so efficient logistics will become uh, more efficient uh, in the future uh, in my opinion logistics with zero impact yeah to add to that. Yes, yeah, zero, zero, and in your case, zero emission uh, logistics. Uh, You are a brother and a a sister. Um, Yes, we are. And if you look at logistics and and, and especially, I think, transportation companies, there are a lot of family-owned businesses. Um, And and you are a brother and a sister and and you both, um, you you started a new uh, company and you started a zero emission transport company so so can, can you can you tell me about uh why well we grew up in a family-owned uh, transport company um we we have been uh, uh second generation owners of that company so basically we had the diesel in our veins um we decided to sell that company that was already a couple of years back that was a good good business decision at that time and then in 2014 um, the city of Rotterdam was confronted with um, loads of air pollution in in the city center and it was so bad that they had to decide to close down a big traffic artery between the north part and the south part of Rotterdam and that part was only accessible for zero emission vehicles heavy duty vehicles, or actually above three and a half tons. And uh, we saw it as a challenge. And we saw it also as an opportunity because what happened in Rotterdam is happening all around the world in the bigger cities due to the urbanization and um, um, the the increase of uh, trucks, vans in inner cities. You see that air pollution is... Um, becoming a big big issue. We've got uh, only in the Netherlands 20,000 people dying earlier due to lung diseases that come from this bad air pollution, uh, bad air quality. And um, so we are foreseeing a big change in inner city distribution. 
and uh, we have always been a quite innovative company or uh, innovation in our DNA. Mm -hmm. And um, we figured uh, if we can be part of this transition and be front runner. We can have the early experience, the early adopters. And uh, then it's just uh, a case of uh, staying ahead and not have uh, the second mouse eat the cheese. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's in short our story. So we started in 2014. Um, we took a good look at the face of technology. There were no uh, battery electric trucks at that point, uh, or for that matter, hydrogen trucks. Uh, you'd, you would see passenger cars, zero emission, mm -hmm. and you would see public transport buses um, in Europe, in Asia, in the US coming up. And then also only in parts that are quite progressive, like California, and the big cities, um, Paris, London, Amsterdam. And that was about it at that point. So when we tried to contact all the big truck OEMs, they replied very politely um, that they did not have anything in their scope yet. And if we would please buy diesel trucks again. But then we decided <laughs> at that point, yeah. we're not going to do that. We're not going to invest anymore in... Uh, uh, trucks with an internal combustion engine, we're only going to invest in zero emission trucks, whether it will be battery electric or hydrogen electric, depending on what kind of operation we would have. And that was the starting point of Breitner. And in 2016, we started with um, two distribution trucks for the inner city of Rotterdam. And then in 2017, we added two more. And in 2020, we added together with our sister company, Flood Logistics, a um, completely um, zero emission crane truck with drawbar trailer behind it, 50 tons vehicle. So we want to step up our game and we want to go from a 19 tons uh, truck configuration uh, to higher gross vehicle weights. And we're now putting 50 tons trucks on the road, zero emission. And is that to bring uh, heavier stuff into the city? Or, or is it also that, that the longer range trucks are, are heavier? Uh, is, is that also a factor? Or Well, what you see with the, the higher gross vehicle weights is that energy consumption is way higher than like our current distribution trucks. Now you can almost say that it, it doubles. So you need to bring more energy on the truck, whether it's battery or, or, or another energy uh, storage medium. And um, at this moment, the energy density uh, um, can help you to bring heavier goods into the city, but it cuts your range. Yeah? So like our yeah. uh, lighter trucks have a range of 200 kilometers, but this heavy duty truck, this 15 to 50 ton truck uh, will only go, even if uh, though it has more battery capacity, it will only go 150, but it is able to take double the load in, uh, in, the, in the city. One of the big challenges now for electric trucking is to get the ba battery capacity uh, up or actually the energy density of the of the battery because if you if you take on bigger batteries there's you can you can bring less stuff yeah 
Then your payload will go down. Payload we see, we down. see developments going uh, towards higher uh, energy density. Um, we've seen the developments in the passenger car industry, but the uh, chemistry of these batteries are different than that are used on our trucks. And the development of that is going a bit slower. Also, the price development of that than the passenger cars. Why? Why is that? So why, why not? Why not create these battery? Why not create the same battery, but then for the truck? Is it not just a question of a bigger battery? The peak energy consumption you need to get a 15-ton truck rolling ah. is uh, different than. When you have to put like a 1200, 1500 yeah. kilo car into motion. So the requirement of the battery, uh, the, the specification needs to be better. And the durability is that we are used in, in, in trucking industry that a truck should run a million kilometers yeah. without an overhaul. So you want from a battery truck that it will do at least that many cycles to be able to have a business case in the end on, on these trucks. Yeah. And um, yeah, there are more passenger cars mass produced. So that's why the battery prices of the passenger cars are going down uh, more rapidly than the other chemistry in the, the, the truck batteries. Yeah. Uh, other development is that we see that uh, with the cobalt discussion we have, uh, we see a lot of batteries are uh, containing cobalt. Our trucks are based on lithium ferrophosphate, so they're cobalt-free. And yeah. you see some passenger cars switching to this chemistry as well. So that can be an opportunity to create more mass and uh, get these prices down as well. Okay, so it's a, so it's still zero emission, but no cobalt uh, is a uh, more sustainable uh, solution. Yeah. So you were the first zero emission uh, uh, transport company in Europe, which uh, which is well, which I find cool as a as a Rotterdam citizen that a Rotterdam company is one of the one of the first to uh, to do that. Um, Rotterdam is an innovative city. If you look at the port of Rotterdam and the things they're doing there, we're I think we're front runners in the world. So so uh, so it's good that you do that. You were also uh, I think the first in the Netherlands and and I think if I remember correctly, the second in Europe to actually. Uh, order one of the uh, Tesla trucks yeah so so what's the what's the status on on, on on that well we ordered it in in the end of 2017 yeah and then we had a discussion with Tesla that it would probably be around 2019 maybe 2020 when it would be available for the European market um, and then well we've seen what happened with the model 3 something similar is going to happen probably with uh, with the Tesla semi truck it's not that Tesla doesn't deliver the product because what they do deliver is 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 really good quality but they they tend to have problems with production yeah. in general yeah so the la the latest forecast we we received was that they are planning to um, start their first production uh, the first phase of the production for the uh, U.S. markets by the end of this year, the beginning of next year. Then they have to to um, upgrade that production so that they can roll out all the sales for the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then after that uh, has been a success uh, and they want to get all the children teething out of the first phase um, 
vehicles. They're going to work on the European vehicle because it, that will probably be a little, little different type vehicle with, yeah, just a little bit different specs than the one they've presented in the US. Um, so my best guess would be 2023. Okay. Um, which is which which sounds like a long time eh? if you look at. 2017, 2023, 20, waiting six years for a truck. Um, but still, if you look at the introduction of tractor units from European truck OEMs, mm-hmm. uh, besides DAF, there are no tractor units on the market at the moment. And the DAF tractor unit can do about, well, maybe 120, 140 kilometers. Uh, approximately yeah. range and um, we we see that all the other truck companies uh, the truck OEMs are launching their tractor units 2023-2024 as well so that's in line with Tesla um, they all have about two, 300 kilometers range in mind that's what they're developing for and then if you compare it to the semi which is uh, said to be delivered 800 kilometers. We, we ordered the, the biggest battery capacity uh, specs that, that are on the semi, which is 800 kilometers range for a price level. Uh, that's like half the price that the European mm-hmm. truck OEMs is offering. You, we can immediately start making money with this truck yes. because it, it, it competes with the diesel TCO. Um, of course, there is the issue of... Um, the, the charging infrastructure. Tesla is talking about mega chargers. And now we have superchargers uh, mm-hmm. for, for the passenger cars. But but for this uh, semi-truck, we need mega chargers. So that's something that we need to figure out together with them. How are you going to do that? Uh, but in general, if this truck comes to the European market, it will be such a game changer. So we are still very happy that we have taken this chance mm-hmm. risk depends on how you look at it uh, and we're quite confident that it will be the big game changer um, so uh, yeah hopefully 2023 we can invite you and you can take another ride <laughs> in the semi truck yeah. yeah I remember my first ride in an, in an electric exactly. truck truck it wasn't yeah. a, it wasn't a brightener truck and I was uh, actually uh, amazed how quiet it was yeah it is and uh, since then I've actually driven uh, an electric truck uh, that was on the test range uh, at uh, Scania. So uh, excellent! I, I drove the two the two extremes. I drove the electric truck, which was a lot of fun and really smooth, and I also uh, drove uh, one of the, their uh, super large American units uh, with a with a trailer uh, behind, behind it. 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 Was yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and there was an instructor next to me, and uh, I just it was. Uh, yeah, Did you keep it in a, one piece? Yes. No, they have a training course, <laughs> and uh, it was it, it was uh, it went surprisingly easy. Mm. I figured it was like uh, like really difficult but you, you get used to it yeah. now, I didn't have to parallel park or <laughs> and I also didn't have to put it in reverse because that would have good been challenging you, but it was uh, yeah, yeah it was uh, it was uh, great it experience. was pretty cool to have uh, such yeah. a big vehicle uh, in, uh, yeah do you both drive your own trucks well <laughs> I don't have my license okay so, so you don't? I do I do drive but also on test courses yes uh, of truck OEMs we are we are 
now and then invited by the European truck um, companies to to test drive their prototypes and and share our experiences and mm -hmm. uh, share knowledge, uh, which we do very gladly because um, it's fun to do. It, it also gives us insight in in uh, the planning um, and the type of products that uh, these truck companies are are making. So it, it gives us uh, some inside information, which is helpful for our own strategy. Um, but officially, I'm not allowed to drive on the public roads, so I don't drive on public roads. <laughs> okay. But on, on our own turf, now and then I take a little tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you? Now, luckily, I have uh, my full license, but um, I tend to drive myself only when uh, either we have new trucks or a new operation. And I only do that then maybe for one day a week, just uh, to be sure that uh, I'm known uh, to the performance. And many times I'm able to set a benchmark on energy consumption. So that's something that will um, keep uh, our drivers uh, up to date to make sure that they really get the energy consumption uh, uh, all right, because yeah, they can make uh, or break our business case. Uh, the, the, the range you have on a truck, you decide when you order it and, uh, and have the truck built. And uh, you can't change it anymore uh, after you have these trucks uh, running. So it's very important that they run up to spec and uh, you can do what you have promised your customers. And uh, then it's good to know as, an, as a business owner uh, how the performance uh, is and uh, not being dependent on your drivers to tell what the performance of the truck is. So you have to experience it for yourself in this uh, uh, stage of uh, technology. So you're talking about the benchmark, a benchmark for how well the truck performs, or is it also to set a benchmark for the drivers because they have to drive in a certain way to keep the, the, the truck, uh, to, 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 to get the most miles or the most kilometers out of it? Mainly the last part. Ah, okay. Yeah. If you look at the diesel trucks, um, uh, companies like Scania or Dove have been working for, for 100 years to get the best out of these trucks. So the influence of the driver is so limited. Um, uh, it, there's so much software involved that that makes that the engine performs at, it be at its best. But in these zero emission developments, we're just at the beginning. So the influence of the driver is still huge. We, we had a good driver um, and he would, he, he actually beat the benchmark Jeroen uh, set on, on a certain uh, 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 operation. But then you'd have a different driver, uh, the, the same route, it was like a bus route, everyday routine, and he performed 20% less. But 20% less in, in the investments we are talking about, th th that could mean that if we would, you only use the good driver, we could have smaller battery capacity, which is less investment, which is a little bit better business case, uh, easier to compete with diesel. Or, or you can add stops. Um, yes, or, but or doesn't it work like that? That costs money. No, what I mean is, uh, if you have a better driver, you get more mileage. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can truck exactly. And you can add a, a stop, so Definitely. you can. You, you can, can have get more, more drops. work done. Yeah, yeah you can. That, that's what I mean. Yeah, you drops. can. You increase yeah. your produ productivity. Yeah. Uh, which, which again makes your business case a lot more interesting. So, I think one of the the targets that that all OEMs face at this point is uh, they need to um, develop the. The, the, that the influence of the driver becomes 
minimum as well in these zero emission trucks and they're not there yet. So for now, you really have to be on top of your operation to make sure that you get the best drivers, that they that you train them well enough so that they can that they get the picture because you can have in, impact as a driver with regenerate uh, regenerating during driving. Um, and the because they're direct drive trucks, if you're willing, you can you can accelerate like a Porsche. So it just depends on the state <laughs> of mind, the, the driver's state of mind, yeah. how how much uh, range you have on this truck. Yeah. If I send one driver out, he gets maybe he he gets maybe 140 kilometers out of the truck, and the next driver will get 200 kilometers out of the truck. So, yeah. so be on top of your game. That's that's in this phase. It's so important uh, because the driver can basically break or make your business case. He decides whether you're making money. And that's quite scary if you're a transport company owner that you don't have that um, uh, influence yourself. So, so, so how do you uh, do, how, how do you empower your drivers? Do, uh, do they get uh, do they get like insights in how they perform? How, yeah, how does do this work? Are they punished for, for doing bad, or are they uh, like, <laughs> are they are they complimented for doing good? What's the, how, what, what approach did, are you yeah. taking towards uh, getting these drivers to be more? I think uh, that the, the competition is, we only have four of these trucks, so it's only a driver's team or about four to six people that mm -hmm. drive these trucks. And uh, well, happily for us, they're quite competitive. So every quarter they get their figures and they know what they're, um, um, how they performed. Um, and the good ones, we always congratulate them, but you try to improve the bad ones by training. Mm -hmm. So that takes a lot of time. And sometimes it doesn't work and then you have to replace them. Yeah. Because not everybody makes the connection. <laughs> it's a different um, drive style. Mm -hmm. And you can, everybody that has driven an electric passenger car can already relate to that, I think. Um, the way you accelerate, the way you use your brake. And that's the same with the trucks. Hmm. But if you just don't get that, yeah, maybe then still diesel is better for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we have we have still a ways to go, I think, in Europe, because there, there are not that many electric trucks uh, no. on the road yet. No. And I was surprised when when uh, um, when Breiner just started and, and I interviewed you, you guys for the first time, I was really surprised that you guys had to buy diesel trucks and you couldn't just say to the OEMs like, okay, just I'd like to buy a truck, but you don't have to put in the diesel engine. Yeah. And they they wouldn't they wouldn't sell you a truck without a diesel engine. So you actually bought diesel trucks. Yes. Took out the diesel engine and put in the uh, what's it called the electric drivetrain? Is that how you call it? Yeah. Just that amazed me. So so uh, that's still basically the case with the 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 trucks that have a higher gross vehicle weight. So what you now see at the moment is um, regulation from the EU in Brussels is um, starting to get uh, um, an impact on the strategy of the truck uh, companies. Um, they have to have cleaner diesel engines by 2025. There's a benchmark set in 2019. And in 2025, the diesel has to perform 15% better. 
And if they cannot manage that, I think the, the whole forecast is that they will probably get 13, 14% uh, upgrade of the engines, but they won't match the, the 15. So they can compensate it by introducing uh, zero emission truck lines. It's a little bit like selling the, the carbon... Um, the emission rights. The emission rights. You've seen in, in passenger cars. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Uh, Fiat Chrysler buys the emission rights. Yeah. Tesla. Yeah. A little um, bit similar system. Yeah. Like they can compensate it by by building zero emission trucks and putting them on the road. So what we now see is um, towards 2025, all European brands are starting with rigid trucks, which which will be deployed in inner cities. Mm -hmm. So it's not only CO2 related, but the air quality problem uh, helps them in that way. Um, and that we we probably will see maybe 10 to 20,000 vehicles being produced from now until 2025. And they have to... Um, push the market in the right direction. So you're, you're saying 20, 25,000 vehicles. So, so that's trucks. Trucks, how yeah. Many, how many, so do you know a percentage or how many trucks are there in... in at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, so well, in, in a, if you look at trucks above three and a half tons, I think in the Netherlands, we have less than 100. I think within Europe, oh, we electrical. have less than five. I mean, do you know uh, relative to, to diesel? So ah. 20, 25,000 trucks, what's the, is that 1% of all trucks or is that 10% of all I trucks? it's 0.00 oh. or something. <laughs> okay. It's, it's not that little, but um, it's still a small percentage. And um, in the end, it's, it's like European regulation uh, that they have to put this number of trucks on the road. But in which country in Europe they will run depends on local uh, regulation or stimulation. So these trucks will find their way to countries that have either very strict uh, zero emission zones mm -hmm. or a good stimulation program in the, in the form of subsidies or exemption for road tax. Um, not in the European Union, but but very close, of course, is Switzerland. They have like a road tax system. If you don't have any CO2 emissions, you get a, a discount till zero. And a diesel truck pays like 80 cents per kilometer. And when you make a lot of kilometers, it makes a business case for the zero emission vehicle, either yeah. battery or fuel cell electric, closer uh, in, in TCO neutrality than, for instance, in the Netherlands, where... Um, yeah, the, 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 pl the plans are there for zero emission zones, but there's a big exemption towards 2030. Um, so I wouldn't say we're really worried, but um, it, it could be a missed opportunity if these trucks will only go to like the Nordic countries or Germany or maybe to Switzerland uh, because the, 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 the environment for the operating these trucks is better in a financial way. Mm -hmm. I think it's also a very elegant model the the Swiss use. They don't say you're not allowed to to enter the city with a diesel. Uh, so it, it, there is still inclusion for everybody. Mm -hmm. They only say, you pollute, you pay. Yeah. Which is, I think, quite a fair system, to be honest. Um, and um, it, 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 it makes, it could create an easy transition. For us in the Netherlands, we are talking about zero emission zones. You are not allowed to enter with mm -hmm. your diesel truck, which makes it that there is resistance 
within the transport industry instead of acceptance and welcoming yeah. this transition. Okay. And the same you see in London. London has a, a similar uh, way of um, uh, a similar model uh, with an ultra low emission zone. And you can enter London with a very dirty diesel. You just pay a huge amount of money. So, and then you will see that the companies that still drive with these diesels will start innovating themselves because they don't want to pay this uh, this huge amount every time they have to enter the city. And then it will come within instead of top-down, pushed on, mm-hmm. which I don't think is the right approach. So uh, we applaud countries like Switzerland. Uh, the Nordics are doing it really well. Norway, well, we've seen it in passenger cars mm-hmm. exceptionally well. Um, I think the UK is pushing. I think uh, some cities in uh, in uh, Europe, uh, Milan, Rome, Barcelona, Madrid are pushing really well as well. And there you'll see the first uh, big numbers coming. I think within Europe, and hopefully the, the, the influence of companies like Tesla and. Well, maybe Nikola, yes or no. That's a bit <laughs> exciting at the moment. Are they are they going to put their money where their mouth was, yes yeah. or no? Um, it's funny how the one company is called Tesla and the other one is called yeah. Nikola. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence. No, it's definitely, definitely not. <laughs> no. no. Um, but hopefully they can be disruptive enough to get also the traditional uh, truck companies to, to really embrace the whole transition and speed up the transition. Yeah, and these companies like Nikola and Tesla, that's the, the battery electric truck, right? Tesla does battery electric, but Nikola does uh, used to be only focused on hydrogen electric, but oh, okay. they've, they've formed a joint venture with uh, Iveco in Europe mm-hmm. and currently a new joint venture with uh, General Motors. Uh, but for the European market, they're now also focusing on battery electric, which was new. It has been maybe in, I think in 2019, they first released their plans. But their main focus was based on hydrogen. And do, do you think these technologies will both develop and there will be hydrogen trucks and uh, battery uh, electric trucks? Or, or is, or is uh, this the type of technology that one of them will win, like, like VHS and Betamax? Um, it's, it's a fair point you make. Um, earlier this year, we have tested a hydrogen truck. Uh, just not only uh, share our thoughts, but really share our experience on on this field eh, that you know Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Uh, uh, Basically, a hydrogen truck has an electric drivetrain as well. And as Marius explained, the development of the electric drivetrain for even heavy duty trucks is still uh, in a very early phase. So I think on that part, uh, a lot of uh, development has to be done. And... um, Adding energy storage in the way of, of hydrogen in combination with a fuel cell makes a very complex vehicle. So just from a technological point of view, we have a lot of challenges. What we see on the other hand, that like the traditional uh, fossil fuel uh, industry um, decision makers like Shell, Esso, um, feel that hydrogen could be uh, their next business model. And yeah, that could shift developments in a certain way. 
And then you can make the comparison between uh, VHS and Betamax that not always the best technological solution will win, but where the most money is put in or uh, where the best interests are, maybe on another level, like a national economy or like a regional economy. Um, so we'll have to see, but basically the, the, the main technology is still uh, electric drive uh, train and we see there still needs to be a lot of development done before it can overtake um, the, the diesel industry as it is at this moment, huh? as we are used to doing a million miles with a truck and it's the same in the North Americas. These trucks run also up to a million miles before they're overhauled and yeah, people want to stick to how we've done it the last 50 years. So that's going to be a challenge. I think uh, maybe they, they both have a place in a transition and maybe battery electric will be for uh, short distances, regional distances, um, up to three, 400 kilometers. And mm-hmm. if you look at uh, especially long haul or very specific deployment with, with very, very heavy duty, maybe in a minery industry, um, you, you would uh, implement hydrogen trucks. Um, but I do think that battery technology goes so fast that we can do most of all our transport by battery electric vehicles in the upcoming five years. And then you would need to have a, a good discussion like why why should we invest in long haul? Is it still logical to drive from from Germany to Portugal? Why not put it on a train or on a ship? So I hope that this transition also gives some um, room to to look to to think out of the box and uh, to, to get new logi- logistical setups. Uh, and and I'm not saying that all this bad, but is it logical to drive from Germany to Portugal with two men day and night to get some to get flowers there? Can we not do it? I mean, there there is a railroad going, uh, mm-hmm. which is already zero emission. Yeah, most part of it. So. Um, In addition to that, uh, we strongly believe that policymakers uh, shouldn't decide which decision of uh, which solution uh, for the, for uh, the road transport uh, should be taken, whether it's battery or fuel cell uh, electric. I think policymakers should stick to making regulations and let the market uh, decide which technology suits which part in the logistical process. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we feel at this moment that through lobby from the fossil industry, uh, that uh, these choices are pushed towards the policymakers, and yeah, then things might go um, into a certain direction. But yeah, we're actually in the middle of this process. Uh, we've seen in Europe the Corona Recovery Fund is uh, targeting also a green recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, a European Green Deal, well, it's also set on, on sustainability. Um, and we see that some uh, industries are looking for these funds to transform their business model. Um, but in the end, when we are, want to have a smooth transition uh, from, from fossil fuel logistics to zero emission logistics, it's not only on the energy 
providers, but it's also for the investments itself, uh, because we know that investments in these trucks are way higher mm. and they'll still stay higher than like a diesel truck. Um, chairman of Daimler Trucks announced that when they made their plans for the, for a future zero emission uh, clear, um, that their trucks even with more mass production uh, will ask for a higher investment than like the current diesel trucks and uh, requested the European Union for a clear stimulation fund for that because we see a lot of small programs in the different countries but what we really would need is like a delta plan covering more than like the traditional four-year policy terms to go through this transition otherwise we'll have a shock effect at the end eh, when cities are closed mm-hmm. um, and then in the end uh, society will pay for it as well because like a delivery of milk or bread will become more expensive because we haven't prepared for this transition so you you started the first zero emission uh, trucking company when do you guys think we will see the last diesel operated uh, transport company in Europe good question Martin um, it will take a while uh, because not all European countries are in line with uh, with the front running countries I think I think in general they're aiming at 2050 um, to get the whole transition done and, and, and we're talking about millions of vans and and a small number of millions of trucks as well that all Mm -hmm. need to be replaced either by a new logistical setup or by zero emission wheels so it is a huge huge transition that's why i agree with you on that we need a um a more european wide approach uh, subsidy wise as well to get things done but um I don't I especially in the Eastern European countries we don't see a lot of developments yet. Uh, so it will be I think it will be the Nordics and the Western countries to 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 start and then it will roll out. I would I would place my money on 2050, I think. Yeah, what you see the way uh, the current uh, transport and logistical industry operates is mainly cost driven. Yeah, and, uh, that's why we have seen a shift in in all the long haul transport towards uh, Eastern European countries because labor costs are way lower than the, the Western European countries. But it also makes that companies like the, the real transport companies don't have effective innovation capital. And that's, that's not only in, in the real currency, but also in their mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has to come from, from, from our part and, and a part uh, from the policymakers. So I think uh, a part of the industry will cling on to like diesel till the, the, till the last, final very day. last moment. <laughs> yeah. And then they'll still try to get exemptions. Um, and maybe what we call the big back door. Uh, so maybe even maybe even 2060 for maybe very specific vehicles uh, for construction work or, or I don't know. There will always be a push for diesel, I think, for a very long time. Yeah. This is just the way we're used to it. And it's difficult to change. Um, 
Well, you guys started to change. <laughs> I, I think that's a, that's a, definitely a commendable thing. I, I'd like to thank you both uh, for your time and for the, for the stories that you shared. And uh, there's, there's one thing I, I, uh, uh, that's a, a definitely a downside of, of the whole COVID thing. We had to do this uh, uh, on, on a, a correct, with the correct distance because otherwise, for sure, we would have recorded this in a driving electrical truck. And, yes, for uh, sure. Yeah, it's, it's something that uh, that that uh, put it I on your wish list. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, addition at uh, addition to of this uh, of of of, uh, of an update from you guys, we will definitely have to record in inside a driving electric truck, Brilliant. so the people listening to the podcast can also hear uh, how quiet that actually yeah, is. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is amazing. It, it's almost it's it's basically as quiet as when you drive an electric passenger car, which is uh, it's very uh, relaxing, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's chilling in your really in your in your truck, basically. Yeah, no, Great. it's a good experience. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for having you. us. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Breitner. Breitner is a zero-emission transport company focusing on inner-city distribution and zero-emission construction logistics. Breitner is a frontrunner when it comes to zero-emission logistics. For more information, please visit Breitner.com. That is B-R-E-Y-T-N-E-R.com.